The following program is sponsored by friends and partners of Kingdom Connection. God says when you begin to fast and pray, there's something about you doing a physical act of obedience that brings spiritual release of favor and blessing. Look out, miracles will come, favor will come, blessing will come, God will raise you up. It's less of you and more of Him and you know when you get there, to God be the glory, to God be the glory. So I want to talk to you today on this subject, what happens in the unseen world when you fast and when you pray? What happens in the unseen world when you fast and when you pray? I want to first tell you a quick story from the book of Exodus, the 17th chapter, because it has a profound lesson to teach us today about fasting indirectly. It's the story of Moses and the Amalekites, Moses and the children of Israel fighting the Amalekites. And God told him to go up on the mountain and lift his hands toward heaven. He said in Exodus 17 and verse, verse 11, lift your hands, Moses. God commanded him to. And as long as he had his hands in a physical posture, raised toward heaven in obedience to what God told him to do with a physical command and place a posture, the way, what he did with his body, as long as, as he had physical obedience, he was winning the battle in the unseen world because of his physical obedience. This story is important because it reinforces the fact that physical obedience, listen, brings spiritual release. You can say, well, if God's going to win the battle, he'll just win the battle. But in this story, God said, what you do with your physical body, Moses, determines whether or not this particular battle is going to be won. Because physical obedience brings spiritual release. That's why this story is so important that somehow there is a connection between what we do physically and what happens spiritually. What we do here with our physical bodies makes a difference of what happens in the unseen world. Angels were released into that battle when he raised his hands physically. If his hands started coming down because God told him to do it. And if his hands started coming down, then the angels would withdraw and the enemy would begin to defeat. Hebrews chapter 1 says that angels are sent out to render services on behalf of those who inherit salvation. It says the angels of God are spirits that are sent. As, as flames of fire. It says it in that same chapter later. In that same chapter. There, he'll make his ministers flames of fire. His, he, he, he mentions that, that there is breath. There is wind. It's wind and fire. That's what angels are like. And he said I'll release those angels. And they will be dispatched into the situation. So get it now. Here's the point. Hands are raised. And as long as Moses obeys what God tells him to do 
with a physical act, the battle is won because of what he's doing physically with his body. If his hands go down, then he begins to lose the battle. You see, the Bible said, lift up your hands without wrath or doubting. The word wrath means don't get mad about the instruction God's given you to do something physically. Do it without wrath and then do it without doubting. Doubting means don't question what good does it do. Don't question when God tells you to do something physically. If he said lift your hands, don't stand there arguing with God saying I don't have to do that. No, the truth is physical obedience brings spiritual release every time. And how much more if, if the raising of the hands brings victory under an old covenant, what would fasting and prayer do under the new covenant as Jesus you know, showed as an example for 40 days fasting and prayer, if we follow him in a set-aside time to fast and pray, our physical obedience will bring spiritual release. Especially when you do it without doubt, without sitting around saying, what good does it do to fast? What good does it does good because God said to do it. It does good because Mark said this kind comes out but by fasting and by prayer. In the modern church, we have reduced everything down to feelings and intellect and not to any physical actions. I feel like I'm humble, so I never have to get on my knees and bow before the Lord. I feel like I love the Lord and I worship him on the inside and I don't have to clap my hands. I don't have to raise my hands. I don't have to stand to my feet and worship God physically with my body. God knows my heart. I feel faith, so I don't have to risk anything. I have faith in my heart. Everything gets reduced down in the modern day church to internal stuff and there is no outward manifestation. But if you tell your wife or your husband, I love you on the inside, but you never show it on the outside, they're going to question you. And God says, sometimes I demand of my people a physical act of obedience before I release spiritual reward. And fasting is one of those acts of obedience. There are times when God requires of all of us a physical action, a physical action. Why? Because there's a connection between the physical action here and the spiritual power that is released there. Moses with his hands up, as long as his hands are up, Israel wins. Physical obedience releases spiritual power, favor, help, protection, healing, Miracles, blessing. I want you to understand that it's foolish to worship angels. No doubt about it. We don't, we don't go around in, you know, amazed and looking for weird angels. It's foolish to worship angels. The Bible's clear on that, but it's equally foolish to ignore them. They're in this book, therefore they are real. And when you begin to fast and pray, you release God's supernatural 
power and forces of heaven. I'm going to show you this right out of the Bible in just a moment. I want you, I want you to think with me for just a moment. Some people always worried. You know, I, I hear this little saying, higher levels, higher devils. And that's a good saying, and I get it, you know, that the higher you go up in God, the more the devil fights you. But it's almost, that's, that statement almost glorifies the devil to me. Higher levels, higher devils. It almost says, I don't want to get, ooh, I don't want to go too high because then the devil will know who I am and really attack me. Let, let me help you with that. He already knows who you are. And who is protected more on a battlefield? A private, a new enlisted soldier, or a five-star general? Who has more soldiers around him protecting him, the private or the general? The truth is, listen to this, higher level, higher angelic protection, higher angelic participation in the assignment God has given you. The greater God trusts you with greater assignments, the greater he's, like Elisha, when, he, when his servant went out and said, oh my God, the Assyrians are surrounding us. What are we gonna do, prophet? He said, just relax. Lord, open his eyes. And he looked out and, and when he looked again, he saw chariots of horses and fire surrounding them because the higher the call on your life and assignment, the higher the divine protection of God around you and your family. Don't be afraid to dream big, to ask big, to believe get big. I'm not going to back down because I'm scared the devil will fight me more if we keep doing more. We've just begun and we're going to higher levels and we're going to have more angelic protection. Clap your hands and praise God if you believe it. Mm. Daniel chapter 10, I'll begin reading with verse 2. In those days... I, Daniel, was mourning three full weeks. I ate no pleasant bread, no meat, no wine came in my mouth. Nor did I anoint myself at all till three whole weeks were fulfilled. Verse 10. Suddenly, while I was fasting, while I was eating vegetables... While I was seeking God, while I was praying, I made a vow. I told God. And if you read Daniel chapter 1, he goes into detail of what he ate. He said, I ate vegetables and water, and I abstained from pleasant food. He said, while I was in this three-week time, an angel came. Verse 10, suddenly a hand touched me that made me tremble on my knees and on the palm of my hands. And he said, everybody say these next words, O Daniel, man greatly beloved. Understand the words I speak to you. This is an angel talking to him. And notice he said, I come and this is how God feels about you. O Daniel, man greatly beloved. Understand the words I speak to you. Stand upright, for I have been sent to you. While he was speaking the word to me, I started to tremble. Verse 3, he said, I ate no pleasant bread. Listen carefully. The word pleasant there is desirable. 
I ate no pleasant or desirable bread. In other words, my translation of that is I became a vegetarian. He said, I ate no desirable, no pleasant food. Now watch this. Oh, what's interesting is when, when Daniel 11 said, or Daniel 10 and verse 11 says, Oh, Daniel, man, greatly beloved. The word greatly beloved is the same word described desirable. Oh, Daniel, greatly desired. I ate no desirable bread. God's response was, oh, Daniel, you are greatly desired by me. I ate no desirable food. I became a man greatly desired by God during this 21 days. There's a difference, folks, between God's love and God's favor. God's love is 100% full on seven days a week, 24 hours a day. There's nothing you can do that can make him love you more. There's nothing you can do that can make him love you less. You don't earn it. You can never deserve it. His love is full. His love is free. And God loves you. There is a difference between God's love and God's favor. Favor is different because it is initially given to us as a gift. And its increase in our life is dependent upon our stewardship of what we do to gain God's favor. The love of God is, it, it, it is absolutely full and free. It's perfect love and it's full and it's yours. But the favor of God does not come in its fullness on your life until you do certain things that gets God's attention. You can't buy God's favor, but you do not get more of God's favor without sacrifice. The increase of favor comes from obedience and sacrifice. Daniel's story is a story of favor. It's a picture of unusual increase of favor. That's my story. I shouldn't be the pastor of this church. I'm certainly not qualified. If you look at my walls, you see no degrees. I am a flawed man. But when I was just a kid, even though I was born into a great home, my mother and father were godly people, are godly people. My mom's still alive. But at an early age, something got a hold of my heart and I realized that I can't live off daddy's relationship with God and I can't live off mom's relationship with God. I have got to find God's plan for my life. And I began as a teenager pushing away desirable food, pushing away that which was desirable First a day, and then three-day fast, and then seven-day fast, and then 21-day fast. I would drive down to the beach in North Carolina and get me a hotel as a young man and shut myself in and stay for three and four days at a time and just be in that room and read the Bible, not watch TV, and consume the Word of God. And while I 
while I did that somewhere, I don't know, I went on a 21-day fast and, and, and another one, and God began to move in my life, and somewhere in that process, God said spiritually over me, you have become greatly desirable to me because you gave up that which is desirable. That's why I'm here today. That's why I'm preaching to you today. I'm just a country boy from North Carolina. I, I'm not qualified to be and go all over the world and do what I do and speak to people that I speak to, people who, who, are, who are so powerful. But God says, when you win my favor, when you do things, there's something about you doing a physical act of obedience that brings spiritual release of favor and blessing. Look out. Miracles will come. Favor will come. Blessing will come. God will raise you up. It's less of you and more of him. And you know when you get there, to God be the glory. To God be the glory. Clap your hands and praise him if you know I'm preaching the truth today. Oh, I feel like praising him just a moment. The presence of God is coming in this room. Lift up your voice and praise him at every campus. Oh, oh God, wouldn't you love to hear God say that over you? Instead of saying, oh, Daniel, oh, Jacob, oh, Cherise, oh, Brock, oh, Tim, oh, Jensen, you have become extremely desirable to me, even greater than that, oh, Courtney. Oh, Carissa, oh, Caroline, oh, Connor, oh, Drake, oh, Amelia, oh, Luca. I got two more in the ovens, <laughs> whatever their names are going to be. You have become greatly desirable to me because you had a granddaddy and a grandmother who would fast for 21 days, and I have, this family has found favor. I'm greatly desirable of this family. Hallelujah. He said, Daniel, man greatly beloved, understands the words that I speak to you. Stand upright, for I have been sent to you. Do not fear. Daniel, listen. From the first day you set your heart to understand and humble yourself before God, your words were heard. I have come because of your words. Listen now, the angel's talking. But the prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me 21 days. There was a principality over Persia, which is Iran, and this strong demon power withstood me, the angel said, for 21 days. But because you kept fasting and praying, Michael, one of the chief princes, Michael, came to help me. There are three major angels, Gabriel, Michael, and Lucifer. Lucifer failed. Gabriel brings messages, but Michael is the warring angel, and he was sent as reinforcements to break through the enemy's resistance. Now let me explain something to you. 
There is no battle between God and Satan. God, God's not warring with the devil. God said, if I by the finger of God cast Satan out, all God's got to do is flip his finger. He, he gave the devil a, the, the finger and, and cast him out of heaven. There's not like this big battle. There is no war between God and Satan. But listen, everything was created for a purpose. There is a war between the angelic forces and demonic forces, and you and I get to vote who wins. That's what this story teaches, that there are angels and demons that are battling, and angels have the answer to prayer, and they're battling, and you and I, what we do physically can release spiritual power to those angels. We vote in the battle of the heavenlies. Now let me close with this thought. In that story in Mark chapter 17, when the disciples said, why could we not cast this devil out? Jesus gave two reasons. He said, you have unbelief and you are a perverse generation. In other words, he was saying to his own disciples, because that's who asked him. Number one, if you have unbelief, you have, you have disconnected from God. You have disconnected from the word. You have disconnected from praise and worship. You have disconnected from church. You have disconnected from my presence. You have disconnected from hungering for me. And when you disconnect from God, unbelief begins to take over. You're not faith-filled. Unbelief begins to take over your life. Fear, anxiety, hopelessness, despair. And he said, first of all, your unbelief, you're disconnected from God. Now watch this, and you're perverse. It comes from the word pervert. In other words, he's saying, you, you're not connected to God, and on top of that, you're too connected to the world. But let me tell you how you fix that. This kind comes by fasting and prayer. What is prayer? Prayer is connecting to God. Connecting back to God. Fasting is disconnecting from the world. Disconnecting from the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life. I don't care who you are. I constantly, I am your pastor. I am your preacher. I do this full time and I constantly have to go back and align myself and say, God, help me because I'm disconnecting from you and I'm connecting to the world. And that's why I love this season when we get real, when we get honest, when we get to this place where we feel like we're disconnected from God, we're too connected to the the world. In comes fasting and it disconnects us from the world and in comes prayer. It reconnects us to God and suddenly we have dominion and power over the enemy and a fresh anointing and we obtain the favor of God again on our lives. Somebody give him a great shout of praise. <laughs> Don't you want that? Say this. If I give up desirable food, I'll become very desirable to God the next 21 days. That's not a boastful statement. That's not an arrogant statement. But the fact that God can say over me, and all he did was gave up meat and bread and sugar and ate vegetables, and God said, Oh, Daniel. You are greatly desirable to me.
Because you're doing something physical that brings spiritual release in heaven. In our remaining time, I want to take a moment and I want to thank each of you for your continued support of this ministry. Because of your faithfulness, we're able to complete several incredible projects that we set out to do this year. You made it happen from constructing and providing ongoing financial support of Freedom House, a home for female veterans at the Los Angeles Dream Center, to caring for and rehabilitating women through New Beginnings, a drug and alcohol recovery program that is just beautiful what God's doing there. We've been able to provide life-saving help and the hope of the gospel to thousands of desperate Haitians, and that's been a joy. And now as I speak, We've begun the process of building additional housing, dining facilities, and a community center for the precious Holocaust survivors living in the nation of Israel, right in the holy city of Jerusalem. And what a blessing it is to provide for these Holocaust survivors. So I'm asking you to pray about how you can help us finish the year strong and complete this phase in our mission to provide care for Holocaust survivors in desperate need. Consider sending a special end of the year gift today. Some of you can send a generous gift of maybe even a thousand dollars or more to help us. No matter the amount, every dollar you send us allows us to preach the gospel just like you've heard it on this telecast today. We do it uncompromisingly. We do it because God's called us to do it and he put us here. And I believe that you are a vital part of what we're doing. So pray about how God would have you give concerning the gospel of Jesus Christ and what we're doing all around the world. And when you do, we have some incredible gifts that we want to send to you. Here's my announcer, he's gonna tell you more. Discover the secret discipline of fasting and the powerful rewards that come with it. Our annual corporate fast begins January 6, 2019, and we want to see your fasting experience go to the next level. When you send a gift of $50 or more, we'll send you the brand new Fasting 101 kit, including Jensen Franklin's New York Times bestselling book, Fasting, along with a new 2019 study guide and the book, Fasting 101 Most Asked Questions. If you can send a gift of $100 or more today, we'll also include a personal personalized legacy certificate to honor your investment in the lives of Holocaust survivors living in Israel. Or with your gift of $1,000 or more, we want to send you a personalized Israel blessing plaque to honor you, as well as your generosity in blessing Holocaust survivors and the nation of Israel. In addition, your name will be placed on a special wall of honor at the Holocaust Center in Jerusalem. Join us on the 21-day fast and stand with us with your generous gift today. Visit us online at JensenFranklin.tv. from anywhere with our School of Discipleship online. Join people from around the world for an engaging four-phase online experience focused on your spiritual development. 
will ship the course materials to you and you can follow along at your own pace while learning biblical truths taught by leaders from Jensen Franklin's home church, Free Chapel. Visit freechapel.org slash sodonline to get started today. This program has been sponsored by friends and partners of Kingdom Connection. We hope you've enjoyed this teaching by Jensen Franklin and thank you for your continued support of this ministry. Your prayers and financial support make these programs possible. For more information about this message and other ministry resources, visit us online at jensenfranklin.tv.